Hello, hello, Kristen here. Just wanted to let you know that this episode was recorded before the podcast name change. If you hear any old terminology, that's why. Thank you for listening. What is up, notable women? How you doing? You having a good day? I hope so. I'm having a great day myself. And I'm really excited to bring you today's interview. But first, I just want to make sure that you have downloaded my new motivational audio, thenotablewoman.com slash motivate me. This audio is less than four minutes long. It's going to help you prep and get ready for your day full of good mantras and thought cleansing and good thought creation. So head on over to thenotablewoman.com slash motivate me to pick that up. Less than four minutes to get yourself on track for the day. Now, today's interview, Sophia Simon Bashel. Now, Sophia runs the Hurricane Pod, which is a podcast that talks all about living with mental illness. And I just want to say that I think these episodes are really important. It's really important to have these conversations and that it's okay to be terrified to have them. When I prep for a conversation where I'm going to be talking about mental illness, I work really, really hard to make sure that I am not exclusive or offensive in my language, but I'm still always afraid that I'm going to be. So before I did the interview with Sophia, I said, I want to let you know that I worked hard to not say anything offensive, but I might be offensive anyway. And I need you to tell me and I need you to feel comfortable telling me, you know, live on the air, essentially, while we're recording. And so put yourselves out there. Have these conversations. It's super important. Enjoy this episode with Sophia. I'll be back at the end of the episode to fill in any gaps. Welcome to the Notable Woman Podcast. Today's guest is a fellow podcaster and the first to join me here on the show. She's the founder and voice behind The Hurricane Pod, a podcast dedicated to the lives of mentally ill people. This show tells the story of how people with mental illness survive, thrive, and sometimes cry. Please join me in welcoming Sophia Simon Bashel. Hey, Sophia, thanks so much for being here. Hi, Kristen. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. It's going to be awesome. Now, Let's find out a little bit more about you first before we dive in about the podcast. So tell me a little bit about what do you love and what makes you tick? Well, what do I love? I love music, probably more than anything in the world. And actually, that's probably the biggest way that I survive is listening to music, going to gigs, planning to go to gigs. That's always a good thing to have in the future, I find. And there's something just about music that it can motivate you to get out of the house, which I struggle with a lot, and to just like breathe and be in your feelings, which is not always easy and makes you feel less alone, which is obviously such a cliche, but I think it's a cliche for a reason, you know? Oh, absolutely. My little sister just celebrated her birthday and she wanted to go to the Final Fantasy Orchestra concert, Distant Worlds. And so kind of out of my realm. I don't play video games, although of course I respect folks that do. And it was a really amazing experience. I hadn't been to a live music event in a long time. And the Final Fantasy fans are huge and excited and happy. And it was so great to be around that sort of energy. And I really remembered why live music events are important. So I totally agree with you. Definitely. There's something about that community feeling that I love and I find it's really strange because I get quite anxious in really crowded spaces and I get overwhelmed by lots of random noise and stuff so you would think that like a concert would be my worst nightmare but it's the one place where I'm surrounded by people and there's loads of noise and I'm completely in the zone 
which I always find very bizarre, but it's nice that I have an exception. Excellent. Now, do you have a favorite artists or musicians? Oh, God, I do have many. There's a British band called Def Havana, who are my favorite band in the world. And I mean, I'm planning on seeing them in just a couple of weeks, although for, I think, two times. And it's the first time I've seen them in a long time, which is really pumping me up at the moment. And that's kind of rock. And that's generally what I go with. I like a lot of rock music in lots of variations but I also an obsessive One Direction fan like I cannot (laughs) I love that that's awesome I'll definitely link to One Direction song for my own entertainment and the resources now why did you start the Hurricane Pod well originally I think it came from I was I dropped out of university in my first year And my parents had just moved away from where I'd lived my whole life. So I was in this place where I had no real contact with anyone apart from my parents and my little brother, who are amazing, but, you know, it's not really enough social interaction. So I think I was thinking of ways to talk to my friends more that felt doable for all of us, because a lot of my friends are also mentally ill, and I think need structure so I think it mostly sprung from that and I think as well I was inspired again by music I went to see the singer Halsey I don't know if you know her I do not Uh, okay she's been quite a big deal in the past couple of years and I went to see her and she has a song called Hurricane and she said this song is about belonging to nobody but yourself and I really loved that and also I think when she sings it is She seems at her most powerful. And I just started relating it. She's also, she has bipolar disorder. And so, and she's very vocal about that. And I've always admired that about her. And I think I put those two together somehow and started thinking about hurricanes as this energy inside of you and how you can be like this total mess, but kind of owning that essentially. And Yeah, I think it came from that, really. That's awesome. And I totally had on my list of questions to ask about how did you come up with this image of the hurricane? I love your tagline, you are a force of nature. I think that that is so fabulous. So it certainly resonated with me. And I think that related to mental illness and folks who have mental illness and are living with mental illness, it makes a lot of sense. So tell us a little bit about the journey for you regarding mental illness and why it's an important issue for you and why this podcast? Oh goodness, that could that could take forever. I guess I've always been a bit odd, to say the least, and I think I was bullied as a little kid, and at the time I didn't really realize how much it upset me, because I didn't think an awful lot of those people anyway, which sounds really arrogant, but I could tell that they were kind of assholes. I mean, I'd like to think they're not assholes anymore. You know, people do strange shit when they're like 10 years old. But it really did affect me. And alongside that, I was dealing with a lot of weird family issues. I'm not very close to my dad, but I was trying to be at the time, essentially. And I think the combination of those two things made me a very anxious child. And I had a lot of strange coping mechanisms mostly around food which escalated like it was sort of 
a little thing and I think it escalated a lot as a teenager because I was under a lot of pressure from my school which was a very intense academic environment. I think when I was about 15 was when things just, oof, I can't even describe it, it went very bad. Both the eating side of things and kind of my anxiety and depression just exploded essentially. I ended up being hospitalised and ended up with a lot of treatment for a long time and then I think I was doing quite well with sort of the eating disorder side of things and my depression but my anxiety I came off medication when I was 18 and that really didn't work and my anxiety got worse and worse than it had ever been which I always find really weird to think about because a lot of my life at the time was quite good but anxiety really doesn't care if you're happy often anxiety and depression will come together and be a horrible force but anxiety definitely comes on its own a lot and that is very frustrating and yeah I think it's a very up and down journey which is pretty normal I'd say sometimes it doesn't feel normal but I mean recovery is not this linear thing that everyone would like it to be and there is no magic wand as I used to beg my therapist for like every week is just why can't you just fix me in an instant it's not fair but I guess now I'd say again depression is a lot better my eating sort of flares up every now and then and makes life incredibly difficult but mostly I'd say it's anxiety that's the constant issue um I've also kind of had to come to terms with the possibility or high likelihood of a personality disorder called borderline personality disorder, which, how do I explain borderline? Is, I guess, all of these things, so depression and anxiety, the eating disorder, being symptoms of something larger and more fundamental. There are a lot of mood swings. It's very similar to bipolar, which a lot of people are more familiar with. I think the difference is, is where with bipolar, the mood cycling is maybe longer stretches of one to the other. With BBD, it's kind of like up and down 500 times a day. So I can go within a day from, you know, I can wake up and not really be feeling anything at all. And then I will become completely euphoric by like 11 a.m. and on top of the world and everything is great and totally manic. And by 2 p.m. I'm fully suicidal and like really unsafe in myself which can sound very strange and definitely confuses and maybe makes mental health professionals not amazing because they often think, well, you know, you were fine. This is just a brief thing. You just have to get past it. But that's every day almost. And in that moment, it's as if the two hours before of being on top of the world doesn't exist. So it's a very uncomfortable thing. Sophia, wow, thank you for sharing that with us. I don't know anything about BPD. So that was I until about two years ago. And I, you know, I started reading about it. I think a friend of mine was blogging about it. And I was like, what is this? This because she's always someone that I would, I thought we were very similar. And so I guess I was intrigued. And all the things she was saying and all the things I was reading about it, I was like, oh shit, this is very me. And was quite alarmed by it at first because it's quite a sort of 
scary sounding name I think because depression and anxiety are so common they don't sound as sort of horrifying anymore they sound fairly normal and okay but there's something about the words personality disorder that I mean because it's so fundamental it's not something that can go away really I mean people will contest that I'm sure there is suggestion now that you can fully recover from it but generally the consensus is you learn to manage this thing this is something that's just a part of you which makes total sense but it is I mean when I think about it too much I freak out because I'm like oh my god I'm gonna be this crazy forever so I imagine that a lot of people feel similarly when it comes to having a mental illness and so through your podcast do you create uh, I would imagine you create community for other people who feel similarly oh completely that is 100% the idea I mean it was a selfish creation to begin with in a way but there was always the intention of I want to reach people I want people to know that they're not the only person that feels like this and that their head is a mess but that's not wrong Because I think a lot of us feel like we are fundamentally flawed for finding life so difficult and interpreting things in particular ways. But we're not. Our brains are wired differently to other people, sure, but that's not a problem in us. That's a problem for us that we have to deal with and learn to manage. But we can learn to manage it. And it's not always going to be easy to do so, but it is possible is kind of what I want the podcast to be about but I also want the podcast to be honest you know I didn't want because a lot of the time I think I read things that are very pro recovery stories as you know they should be they shouldn't be pro being sick but they're very much in the vein of you can get better you can overcome this and things will be fine one day but that's not a reality for a lot of us and it certainly doesn't feel like a reality for anyone in the midst of it So I think it felt important to me that we talked about the nitty gritty, really, and was open about the fact that this is hard, like really hard and painful. Well, I think that that is an amazing mission. You are doing something fabulous for folks who have mental illness. And I definitely think that, you know, I do not have a mental illness, but from... You know, my empathetic standpoint, I know when I was a new mom and working a full-time job and then coming home and feeding a baby and then waking up in the middle of the night and feeding a baby and then feeding a baby and feeding a baby and not getting any sleep at all. And when people tell you like, oh, it's going to be okay, you're going to survive this. You're like, no, I'm not. (laughs) It's not. Yeah, you need someone to get it in the moment and be like, it's okay. Where you're at is fine. I'm here for you. Exactly. So I think that's amazing that that's what you're providing. Now, a question for you. Do you think that perhaps, so I know a lot of people who suffer from mental illness, which is actually not what I wanted to say at all. I know a lot of people who have a mental illness and are working through it and living in that moment. And do you think that your podcast would work for someone like me who's trying to develop an understanding for something that I'm having a hard time understanding? Yeah, I think so. I think that is an aim as well, is to raise awareness. I mean, I'm very wary of the awareness raising campaigns that are around because I think a lot of the time they center on people with sort of straightforward depression and anxiety and sort of 
throw the rest of us under the bus, essentially, in the sense that they'll, they're kind of, you know, people with depression aren't crazy. And it essentially distances that from those of us who really are, like, I mean, depression is something that for a lot of people feels crazy, but it also separates them from people with, like, psychotic illnesses. And it's essentially saying, we're not like that. Please don't think of us like that, which kind of sucks for everyone who does deal with that. Um, but going back to the podcast, I mean, helping people to understand it is a huge part of it, too, because if you're listening to people's stories, you're getting much more of a sense of what it's like to be in their brain and can probably develop some empathy for what they're going through because you listen to, I mean, I listen to these people talking who I talk to and even though it's stuff that I know about and it's you know conversations I might have had with them in the past it's still like wow you're so brave and you're so strong like well done for surviving this long which is really important I think you're right absolutely right it is really important and I think that you know I'm sitting here thinking about all of the you know of what you call the awareness campaigns and there really is this sort of separation and you usually only hear someone talk about whatever mental illness they had when they're past it. So they're yeah. saying, you know, I used medication and now I'm fine, but I want to talk about this thing. Or they write a book about I experienced this thing, but now I'm fine. You know, thinking about like Brooke Shields and her postpartum depression book. But yeah. rarely do you get to speak to someone or understand their story when they're in it. Yeah. And of course, those stories are really important. We do need to have hope that it's possible to get out of it. And I think there is, to an extent, some limit to what you can do to help people when you're in the midst of it. Because, you know, I'm thinking of that from the pers like the point of view as someone who has an eating disorder. Like, I can't help anyone in recovery from that that much when I'm in the midst of, like, a relapse. And, you know, I couldn't do anything particularly at the time when it was worse but at the same time it's valuable to hear from other people who are struggling but trying and who are surviving because they're on your level and they're people who get what's going on because I think when you're past it there's then that degree of difference where you can understand it, but you also can't. I mean, I found it when I was doing really, really well. I would look back on sort of my 16-year-old self and be like, I feel for you, but I, like, why can't you get over it? And I would sort of have that initial reaction to a lot of the people that I would talk to in similar situations as I had once been, where I wanted to be like, oh, you know, just eat, just snap out of it. And I never said that because I knew that that was not right and not fair. But that was still my instinct because once you're not in that mindset, it is really hard to understand because it's just so destructive. Mm -hmm. I've experienced something similar when I worked in a toxic work environment and had toxic relationships. And then once you get out and you feel what it's like to not have them anymore, and then you talk to someone who's in them, you say, why don't you just leave? Why do you just out of it? Yeah. Yeah. And obviously that's not possible, but it feels when you're on the outside, you just kind of want to run away 
from yeah. whatever that was. Which is a completely understandable reaction, but it, brains don't work that way. Nothing is that simple ever. Agreed and preach 100%. Now, what's coming up for you with the podcast? Do you have any exciting endeavors for 2017? Yeah, I do, actually. I mean, currently... We're in the middle of LGBTQ plus history month, which is the whole of February. So I've had an episode or two with people. I mean, a lot of my guests so far have been members of the LGBTQ community because those are who I'm friends with. But we've had more specific targeted episodes to how sort of homophobic bullying, for example, really impacts your mental health, which is not something that gets talked about enough. Um, I've also got a couple of guests lined up who are not just my friends, who are absolutely amazing people, of course, but it's been really exciting to reach out to people who are a bit more established in the world of podcasts and in sort of bigger spheres, essentially, and talk to them and have them want to talk to me about stuff. So that's really exciting. It's terrifying because these are people that I really admire and look up to and don't know in the same way that I know my friends, but I think it will be really interesting. That is awesome. I actually just released my last episode is with Missy Sturdivant, who has a social justice business where she works with agencies in Massachusetts for helping the LGBT community and working with just setting up better services for them based around them and their needs. So I think that is awesome that that's a focus of yours that you're working on right now. It's so important to me because, I mean, mental health services carry a lot of stigma and don't necessarily understand the needs of LGBT people. Like, I've personally experienced a lot of sort of strange... I mean, they ask questions, they ask you about your relationships and stuff, which is good because it's them acknowledging that for some people that is a very difficult point but they always seem to ask it in a way that feels judgmental and feels like that it doesn't feel like they're saying I understand that this can cause issues because the world is not set up for queer people but which is how they should be asking it but instead it feels like oh so you've been in a relationship with a girl before surely that's a problem it feels like they see it as the cause rather than like society being an issue. It's very uncomfortable. Uh, and that is absolutely what she witnessed as a social worker and said, you know, I want to fix this. And so she started this whole company so that they could teach people and encourage them to you know, use the right words and not be so accidentally discriminatory. And yeah. we talk a lot in her episode about, I think the same is true with mental health and LGBTQ that people like kind of don't know what to say. So they're sort of terrified to even start using the right words because they're afraid they're going to be wrong. So we talk a lot in her episode about for that as a society in general, it, like being wrong is okay. You know, no one is perfect. We're all going to fuck up and say the wrong thing. And as long as when someone pulls you up on it and says, Hey, that's not okay. And you apologize and, correct yourself and try to be aware of that in the future that's all anyone can do but if we don't talk about things because we're too scared to make a mistake then we're never going to get anywhere nothing's going to change now at the 
end of every episode, I love to ask everyone the same sort of series of questions. And it, it needs a fancy name, but I don't have a fancy name for it yet. So we'll call it fancy question round. But I love it. First question. What is the biggest assumption that people make about you? Hmm. I don't know. I find that hard because I think I'm constantly thinking that people are, are making assumptions about me about all kinds of things, but they probably aren't. They're probably not thinking anything. I think it's probably easy for people to tell that I am LGBTQ, mostly because I'm a girl with really short hair and a shaved side, which is apparently stereotypical. So I guess they make assumptions about that, which would be correct. But I think they also make assumptions of what exactly like that means. So I think it's automatically assumed in a lot of spaces that I'm a lesbian, but actually I'm not. I mean, I have used that word in the past, but that doesn't really ring true for me. And I don't know that I have a particular word that does ring true, but I think that is definitely what people see because supposedly an identity is an appearance, which is not true. Lots of people don't look quote unquote like queer, but are. It's just so weird. Identities. That could be a whole episode, Sophia. We could totally talk about that forever. Identities is my jam. (laughs) We'll totally have to to sideline about that. Yeah. So what would be one takeaway you would love for people to get from this podcast episode? I think I would like people to know that being mentally ill, being crazy is not a flaw of character. It's brain chemistry and it's environment and it's hard and painful and confusing but it's not abnormal particularly and you're not alone if you are experiencing that but also it's okay to feel alone it's understandable to feel alone because I think when we hear you're not alone sometimes it can be a bit like hmm I still feel that and then you feel guilty for feeling it which creates a whole new cycle and you don't have to feel guilty about anything that you feel. Everything that you feel is valid. Sorry, that was multiple things, I think. But um, It was, but it was full of like golden nuggets. I was like, oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. Every, that's really good. They're all good. Now, do you happen to have a book you would love to recommend to the Notable Woman audience? I love books. I'm such a book nerd. Um, so one book might be hard. Um, hmm. I always let people recommend multiple books, just so. Okay. One, I would say, is Health at Every Size by Linda Bacon is something I'm completely obsessed with and I think is really great for people with eating disorders, but also every woman, really, I mean, who isn't trying to unfuck that cycle of, like, dieting and stuff. It teaches you so much. I go back to it again and again and just go, wow, my mind is blown. Also, it's a young adult book that I read a couple of years ago called Fans of the Impossible Life by a woman called Kate Skelser. I remember reading it and feeling like, oh my God, someone gets it, which was probably the first time. I mean, I read Perks Being a Wallflower, which is quite popular when I was younger, and I adored that. But there are a lot of problems with it. I won't go into it. I still love it, but I do see its issues but fans of the impossible life was very similar 
in feel to that, but it was diverse. You know, the main character is mixed race and her best friend is gay and some of her other friends are gay and she is depressed and anxious, but she lives her life and I think it was the first time I'd seen a portrayal of mental illness that was neither completely incapacitated all the time or like that aspirational kind of celebrity I live with this but everything is fine anyway kind of thing it was her going to school but not always going to school and having to go to hospital occasionally and sort of having an episode that was really bad but coming back to life as well um which for me was it really resonated so I definitely recommend that Excellent. I will put links to both those books in the show notes. Now, if people wanted to get in touch with you, how could they connect? Well, on Twitter and Instagram, I am Hurricane Girl in a weird... It's written like um, the Riot Girl movement used to write girl. Got like it. G-R-R-R-L. And I think I'm also that on Pinterest, but I think there's a hyphen in between the words. I don't know why I did that differently and my website is sophiaruthsimbash.wordpress.com quite long because I have a long name and that's probably the easiest way because that has links to all my social media and it has links to the podcast and it has like my blog posts and the whole jam so that's probably the easiest. Excellent I will definitely link to the website as well as link to those social media accounts. Well Sophia thank you so much I really appreciate you being on the show and sharing your story with us. Thank you so much for having me. I was really honored, really, to be asked. It was cool. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Sophia. I really, really did. I think it's really important to focus not just on sort of the awareness stories that we often hear about mental illness, but also about folks who are in the middle of it right now and what's it like. So head on over and listen to the Hurricane Pod. You can get all Sophia's links in the show notes, which you can find at thenotablewoman.com slash podcast. Thanks for being here, folks. I think this is an important one. I'll catch you again next week. Bye for now.